for clocking in to Becoming a Better Nurse podcast. I'm Rebecca. And Aaron. Together, we like to offer ideas, conversations, and solutions to help educate, elevate, and empower nurses. So last week we talked about beginning your shift and all the tips and tricks and we joked around with some fun things that we have seen in beginning of shift and um, we this week we want to talk about ending your shift and want to have some quick tips and tricks and maybe a little fun on ending your shift too because we all wait for that moment before we get to walk out of there with a, a, re, a done day under our belts. So. Um, Aaron and I came up with a couple things that we find pretty universal for everybody to end the shift with. I mean, obviously, we're going to have your days where it's um, off, but in a routine shift, these are things that we've come up with that would really help you guys out and is how as we've used um, tra- tried and true to get through our end of our shift. And this is a formula that typically helps everybody. I would say about 95% of the times you're going to be using this specific formula, and it will help. I mean, the the 5% is the things that you can't control when a patient crashes at the last minute. But for the most part, if you follow this formula, it's going to be extremely successful. But you have to ask yourself why. Why are we talking about this? Why is this so important? Because, well, there's three main reasons. The first one is because when you are... When you do these things at the end of shift, it shows that you're organized. Um, it keeps the pace of the unit. If I mean, let's just take for an example. Um, if you're in the military and you're doing drills and everybody's on the same page, it's uniform. The pace looks solid. The culture looks solid. But if one person's off or you're a little bit too quick, it just things don't look right. It looks like things are extremely disorganized. So this formula helps you keep organized and. It will help the next shift keep organized as well because you're keeping that pace. Um, the second thing, the second reason why this is ex- is important is because it shows that you have experience. It shows that um, you have what it takes. You, typically, younger nurses, people who are new to the field, they don't have a formula or set thing to do at the end of the shift. They're just kind of just flying off the seat of their pants. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. And so with this, it just shows that you've been around the block. You know what you're doing, and you have this this steady formula that's gonna help the next shift um, become more accomplished than when you first came in. And lastly, aside from the organization and the, and the shows that you have experience, you're also setting up the next shift for, for success. And that is something that you wanna do. You wanna help ease the next person into shift smoothly and that is something because that's something that you might want yourself when you come into shift you want to be eased into a smooth successful um, atmosphere even though sometimes it can't be helped because of how critical these patients are but for the most part sometimes it can so those are the three main reasons why this is important and we're going to start off with the first thing you should do like you said it's uh, last minute cleanups am I correct on that so the thing is with the last two hours and I hate to say this that sometimes you everything everything's piled in meds cleanups labs um, but that's just how it is sometimes the last two hours are like some of the busiest hours in in your shift I always thought the last two hours were the busiest for me because I wanted to get um, everything done like I didn't want to turn my patient and clean them too early and then have to clean them again or you know whatever it just it obviously it happens but you want to you want to be streamlined. You want to get everything done. You want to go to the next patient. You want to go to the next patient. So the last two hours to me always were so busy. So I started around the two hour mark before I would before my shift ended is when I would get the 
tasks together that I needed to do still with each patient. So I tried to stay organized and I'd stay one patient at a time and be task be task laden with that and try to complete them as I went because then you're done and you can move on to the next one because then you have um you have to you have to give time for any adjustments that happen. Yeah, you have to always give time if the, if something crazy happens. But if you're on the floor, I would always start I think the first thing you should think about is starting with the easiest patient first. So if you're on the floor and you have like a pretty big assignment, four or five patients, sometimes even seven, always start with the with the easiest patient first because it's in and out, you're quick. Always keep the busiest patient last um, because you know you're going to spend a good amount of time there. And you don't want to go backwards. You don't want to start with the busiest patient there and then have no time for the easiest one at the end of the day. It's better to go this way so you're building yourself up for the, for the busyness. Um, so prioritize that way. I would also say, like you said, cleaning up. Cleaning up is a big thing that you can do within the last two hours. Some patients though are going to be very, very busy, and they're going to you have to clean them up every hour or two hours, depending on how crazy they are. But typically, for the most part, on an average um, day or night, you can have the patient cleaned up the hour or two before the next shift comes in, so that they're pristine looking and and, and the room is 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 perfect or as perfect as it can be for the next shift. So that's one thing is make sure you save your cleanups for the last hour or two of, of the patient. Again, I'm not saying don't clean the patient up all night. What I'm saying is if this patient is not, is a typical patient that's going to require a bath a day, typically it falls on night shift. Make sure that's done an hour or two prior to the day shift coming in. Uh, so with medications, you know, you can give meds at least an hour earlier. So make sure you have your six o'clocks ready or your end of your, I shouldn't say six, end your shift meds ready to go um, because you can give them and chart them up to an hour beforehand so you can be ahead of the game. And this is all about staying ahead of the game because you still, you can, you have to squeak every little minute into the end of your shift for charting. The medication game, though, it uh, depends on the policy of your hospital. Of course, a lot of them, are, you can give one hour before and one hour after. So if some are due at 6 o'clock, um, you know, you can give in at 5 o'clock. And if, and if some are due at 7, compile them and then just make sure you go into the patient's room around 6 so you can give both medications at the same time and it's not an issue. Um, and, of course, when you're organizing yourself to get this done, what you want to do is have your bath equipment ready, your meds ready, um, all at once, so that you are taking everything, you're taking care of everything all at once, and not going in and out of the room. Sometimes you may forget something when you first start, and you're going back and forth. But just realize over over the years of your career, that wastes a lot of time. That's minutes add to hours, and it just creates this huge this huge um, backlog of things that you need to do. So to be more fluid and steady, just think about the things that you need to have in there so that you're not running in and out. It helps a lot to be a little bit more organized and pre-planned so that you're not spending too much effort and energy going back and forth. I would also say get a buddy to help you with your um, turns and your cleanups because that's going to streamline your process even better. We would partner up a lot of times or we would make some deal like when I put the call bell on, we I already planned it, they'll come in and help me and we can get the turning done really quickly and that was a big help. And also while you're there, if you're in the unit, a lot of times you're going to need to empty out their foleys and do some strict dino. So a lot of times we save that for the end as well. So after you clean them up, after you give the medication, you do your eyes and nose with the foleys. 
and you do your eyes and nose with the drips that they have, whether it's a presser or some fluids or even um, GI stuff. That's stuff that you're going to have to take consideration. Speaking of which, a big, big thing with medications if they're in the unit and you're about to leave, double check that you have enough bags left for the next drip because a lot of times you might be low on Levafed and you forget to look in the fridge or somewhere else if there's a backup bag and you're going to screw basically the next shift over because they're going to be running around trying to get an extra bag from pharmacy. So always make sure you have backups so that they're not running out within the first hour of the uh, shift. Right. And if you're on the floor, then just um, if there's an antibiotic, do it, change a shift, just hang it. It's a lot easier on the next shift because you know how busy your beginning of your shift is. And you know those patients and you know what you have to do. And it really helps a lot. Yep. And again, the goal is to set up the next shift to make sure that they have the right tools that they're ready for so that they're not um, falling behind. They have a smooth, smooth transition into the shift. And that's the expectation that you want from them so they can set you up for your shift as well. For night shift, it's it's more of, of the uh, buffer tying up the loose ends. For day shift, it's more of just making sure the patient's as stable as possible. A lot of times, we don't really expect day shift to wash them before you get on night shift, but there are expectations during day shift. You know, you don't want them to leave you things that they can easily have done. I know it's busier doing day shift. It's a different type of busy, but of course, you don't want them um, leaving you things unless the patient was extremely critical and they just couldn't get around to it. Yeah, you definitely don't want to leave anyone in poop or pee for sure, regardless of the shift. I think day shift, it would be, it's helpful for a night shift if you would have an organized idea of like when tests are still due or if um, surgeries were still planned and they hadn't been done yet. If there was something pending that you needed, that night shift needed to follow up on because the either the department's closing or the patient's um, get unstable and then they can't take the patient at that time so it's really helpful if day shift can at least help spearhead that planning stage so that night shift can complete the tasks and and um, tie up all the loose ends yeah and it depends on a unit like you know if you're on the floor and you have an mri due at night time because they for whatever reason they want to do an mri at night time you want to make sure you let the next shift know hey there's going to be an mri due but if you're the shift that's leaving and you know that a test is coming up and there's an MRI screening that needs to be done, make sure you do that before the next shift comes in. You don't want to bombard them with having them do a form that, you know, first of all, you're, the next shift's coming and they have no idea what the patient's about. They, they don't know if the patient has family, if they can communicate. The person who's been with the patient for so many hours has way more advantage than the next uh, person that comes in that has only seen the patient less than five minutes. So be helpful and mindful that you have way more information than the next shift. And I know we get tired, we want to leave, we're sick of being there 12 hours, but please do that extra effort because that helps the next shift. That's the only thing I could say is the biggest push, if anything else, we just help the next shift because it's the best practice for the patient. Now, I know the last thing you're going to want to do when you're cramming everything into the last two hours of your shift is to talk to family, but if you've set up some sort of time where you they want to get updates or they've called a couple times and you haven't been able to see them, you really need to take the time to call that. That's another thing you can't leave for the next shift. So plan on a time where you can sit down and talk with the family. It's important that they get updates. It's part of the expectation, and you can always have them come in and visit and get in your way, so a call is definitely a lot more easier than having them come in and stopping you from doing your work. 
It's uh, it's all about the policies, you know. A lot of man, being a nurse when you're working and you've been working several years and you're just trying to get by and and do your meds and just a typical thing, your 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 shift, your three days a week. Um, a lot of times we don't even know that policies exist. We just do things because we're taught this and that. Well, we just had something happen like a week or so ago where a um, ACA came in and there was questions regarding updating a family, and then you realize that that information is located in things like policies and so, and if you ask a nurse they would probably have no idea where these things are so anyways long story short the, what i'm trying to say is that based on the policy that you're looking at it'll tell you specifics and sometimes maybe not black and white but enough for you to defer to, to infer information and, and say oh i should be updating the family every so often in this case basically what we're saying is the right thing to do is to always update the family if that was on your shift. So going back to the previous thing we mentioned, if you know the patient more than the oncoming shift and you spend an hour or or longer with the patient, the oncoming shift only knows them for a minute. You've had interactions with family, the other shift doesn't. The right thing to do um, and you just have to suck it up and do it because you know we're all burnt out, we all wanna leave, but you have to suck it up and do it. You have to communicate with the family. Let them know what's going on. Sometimes that family's going to keep you there for a while. Sometimes they're not. But the family deserves to to know what's going on, especially if the patient is extremely sick and they can't make decisions for himself. Take that time to speak with the families so that you're not bombarding the next shift. And if they're, you know, what we call trouble families where they are constantly calling and are difficult, can't make decisions please let the next shift know about that too. It, they, they should be aware um, that that sometimes families can be difficult. I mean, that's just the reality of, of, of nursing. That's the reality of life in general because people are going to be difficult whether you like it or not, whether it's in nursing, whether it's in the business field, whether it's in other industries. There's always going to be difficult people you're going to deal with. Another thing about empty... empty Another thing about sucking it up and dealing with it with the end of your shift is sometimes they'll be called to surgery right at change of shift or they're called to some sort of test for traveling and like in the units you have to go with the patient so I would say go with the patient and you just have to suck it up and deal with it don't wait for the next shift to come on because nothing's worse than having to come on shift and leave the unit not knowing where what's going on with that patient other than you got to take them to surgery so the um the offcoming shift should be the one to travel with the patient and to go to some to the surgery or to the uh, test because it just is a more better continuity of care and I've that comes from both sides I've done both shifts and I can tell you that it's just easier when you know the patient to go with them yeah of course that, that makes just more sense and again it's a courtesy thing you've spent more time with the patient you you know the patient more so you have more of this rapport build up and more of information that the oncoming shift doesn't know now there are some little caveats to these situations if the next oncoming shift or the nurse was already with the patient then it's a different story that that person knows that patient probably as much as you do so it's a different situation different scenario it can't just be black and white but in most instances because you spend most of the time with the patient it should just be mandatory that if they're picking up the patient at 6 a.m. 7 a.m. Be the nurse that's going down with them to drop them off the, in, the, in the surgical area and give the report to the, the uh, surgical nurse or whoever it might be. I don't know. I'm not totally familiar with the that. The receiving unit, whatever. Whatever it may be. But that is just courtesy and that's just something that you should be doing on a, on a black and white. 
just one more thing going back on the policies in specifics to this policy it basically said that the expectation should be that families should be updated with any change in conditions at least once a day so sometimes families depending on your unit and where you work you want to update them in the morning leave them a voicemail or sometimes at night it just really depends on your unit but honestly the expectation is if the policy says they have to be updated once a shift or every change in condition please 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 make sure we, we do that and and also document that because there's no way of knowing whether they were documented or whether it was done if it's not documented documentation is a huge thing that you should be trying to make sure you get done for your end of your shift i always tried to start around three o'clock four o'clock to try to get some of my last minutes charting done and then again you start you finish at six o'clock when you're done with everything you sit back down you're waiting for that next shift to come to give report that's when you can look through and make sure you've dotted all your i's crossed all your t's done all of the protocols and all of the screenings that were meant to be done so that you are complete in your chart and you can log off now we're going through a long list of things and if you've been in the uh, field long and long enough you know that this is just a routine sometimes it's so ingrained in you that it's just things that you do by second nature and you don't even think about it but if you're new it, it, this can be daunting so if you are new I would recommend writing a list of things that are mandatory that you need to be doing so that when your end of the shift comes you have that list and you're, you're checking things off. Like Rebecca said, crossing your T's, dotting your I's. So just have a list of things that should be done that you're going to do before you leave. And you're, you might miss a thing here or, or, or there because you're new. You've been in the, in the field about a, a year or less or roughly around two years. Some people, it takes a lot longer for them to be comfortable and more experienced to the point where they're not going to have to need a list to remember things. It's just going to come naturally. But please... One of the best ways to learn and, and to make sure you're doing things the right way is to make a list and write things down as you go along of things that you should be done and you're marking them off, like Rebecca says, crossing your T's. You know, going through this shift thoughts, I was thinking so many times I was so bogged down with certain tasks and I would make my little mental list. I actually started checking off things more like around the middle of my shift, you know, midnight, 12 o'clock, whenever I would start checking off some of the things. I'd do my bath a little earlier because it was just becoming too busy in the end of your shift. If you have an open bed and you get an admission, you know, well, screw it, your, your plan's out the window. So I would start getting some of those mundane tasks done even more sooner. Like we had, you know, changing tubings or outdated um, meds or whatever, you know, lines that needed to be changed. You just start doing those earlier because you can't wait for the end of your shift. You just can't. It's just too much to do. And so I would say after you get a little bit more experience, you're going to see the things that bog you down and then you're going to see the things you can com- you can compartmentalize and do, or I should say, um, do together all at once so that you don't have to... Um, double double over on some of your tasks yeah and ideally you want to spread this out as much as possible so you you have the time you focus and you're not speeding through things because a lot of times in nursing we want to get through things quicker because we're so task oriented and sometimes we forget to just slow down and as we've seen with even with the most recent trial with with this Vanderbilt trial if if systems were in place and you slow down you would have caught caught more things than you would by speeding up. So yeah, we want to get a lot of things done at the end of the shift. We want to make sure we get A, B, C, D, and all these things done so the next shift doesn't come in and and, and you know bitch about us because we didn't do, <laughs> we didn't do this. But sometimes you need to slow down, and if that means 
ex- extending this beyond the two two hours, whether you need to bathe the patient at midnight or change their dressing at midnight or change the tubings at midnight, even prior to leaving, by all means, go ahead and do that. But again, that's just going to take a lot, take time. It's going to take experience where you're kind of figuring out, you know, what's best for the flow of the unit and the, and the flow of you as well. And as you get more experience, you realize, okay, I can, I'm going to do this a little bit earlier, or you know what, I can wait a little bit on this because this next, this patient next to me is way more sick. So it just really depends on the flow. But, but just to simplify everything, we're giving you a little formula of things that should be done. And by all means, if you follow this formula, it's going to make a world of difference for you and for the next shift. And it's going to just, it's just going to make your nursing um, work a lot better. Nothing's better than doing report three days in a row with the same nurse. You go off and on with each other. Mm-hmm. Isn't that the best? Because then you know each, you know the patient already, and then you can just kind of update each other so that your report is streamlined and you're you follow each other and you know that the other person's going to clean the room, or the other person's going to have the tasks done, the other person's going to have the meds done. It's just the most. It's the best way to um, do um, follow each other. Yeah. A couple of other things too that we want to touch up on just before we're done is um, when you end your shift, uh, the nurse that's coming in, and it's not always, but sometimes, sometimes you want to offer a last thing of, hey, you know, is there anything that you want me to grab or do before I leave? Be careful with this question because some people will abuse you. Some will. <laughs> some will. Some people don't give a shit. They'll just tell you, oh, do this, this, and that before you leave because they're lazy and, and they just want to take advantage of you and they're just assholes like that. But but out of the goodness of your heart, um, try and make sure you're there for, for, for your comrades and your, your coworkers. And just not all the times, but definitely find out if there's something that you can do for somebody, especially if they're a busy fucking patient. You want to make sure you offer that, extend that help before you leave. And lastly, just know that everything's a work in progress. You're not gonna you're gonna have this list, and you're gonna have these things that you want to do. But just know that you're not gonna be 100% perfect the first time you have an assignment and you want to get everything done. So it's a work in progress. You know, you might forget one thing this day, and then the next day uh, something else. But you just have to keep on practicing, practicing, practicing until until you get it right. One thing also that's really cool that you can do to kind of help um, streamline and cement this into your your, your patterns and, and your workflow is when you come in the next shift and it's the same assignment, ask the nurse how their day went and always ask them, hey, was there something that I might have missed or is there something that I could have done better? And sometimes they'll be honest with you and they'll tell you, yeah, this, this, and that. Or sometimes they'll be like, no, no big deal. A lot of nurses tend to, um, as far as I've worked, a lot of nurses, they tend to just go with the flow, go with the punches. So if you leave something, they, they may bitch and complain, but um, typically they just have to get, you know, they, they they don't pass the buck. They just do their thing and keep on going. That's what I used to do. And if some things were left out and I came in on shift, I just like, you know, the buck stops with me and I just got to make sure I take care of it. And if they come the next day um, to take the assignment and they ask me if something happened, I'm like, hey, yeah, you, we missed this and this. Just make, you know, just be careful next time. And that's pretty much as far as it goes. But it's, a, it, again, it's a learning process. You want to make sure you're as safe as possible. That's why you slow down be safe as possible but you know you'll get these things as you progress through your work the end of the shift is the best feeling in the world and to have everything done is another good feeling in the world to have um, your completed tasks I can't stress enough 
for me, the biggest help was just realizing that I didn't have to get it all done in an hour. I could start a little earlier with those things. And you'll get used to that flow about the expectations and about what's expected about the end of the day and what you can fit in and what you can time around your shift so that you can get it all done. It's not an exact science it's definitely something that you can work with work around and work with the patients and work with the other units uh nurses awesome so let us know what you guys think and if you have any tips on what to do at the end of the shift send us a comment or an email um and we'll hear from you guys next time take care bye to clock out thanks for listening if you like what you hear please hit the like button and subscribe stat follow us on Instagram, you can find us on Becoming a Better Nurse. Until next time.